Welcome back to the Build Plate. My name is the Supreme Asher, and next to me is uh, Rainer, my co-host, and we run this podcast. Uh, traditionally, we would talk about uh, you know 3D printing and video games, but today we're just going to talk about food. No, I'm kidding. What? I'm, no. We're talking about food? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we're not. It's just a joke. Um, how you doing today, Rainer? I'm doing great. After that introduction, I'm a little shocked. But hello, good afternoon, good morning, whatever it is for you guys. And like Asher said, we have an amazing episode lined up. And I think you guys are itching and just wanting to know the answer to Asher's brain teaser from last week, which was, um, if I dare say so myself, very rom-com boy related. Yes. Let's let's hear the brain teaser and see what the answer was. All right, yeah, no problem. Thank you so much uh, for that. Uh, so, the brain teamer, uh, the brain teener, the brain teaser <laughs> was. You cannot say that word. <laughs> I do struggle with the teaser word. Uh, anyways, it was I can't be bought, but I can be stolen with a glance. I'm worthless to one, but priceless to two. What am I? It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Wow, great music. That's so good. I'm loving it, the music. But the answer is love. You should have said, what is love? Like Jeopardy. Well, you know, <laughs> I just I wasn't feeling the music that much. And so I was like, okay, i just going to have to get, get this over with if I got this, like, Jeopardy music Understood. in my ear. Understood. Understood. Okay. Well, that was um, definitely the most rom-com brain teaser we've ever had, but I definitely thought it made sense after thinking about it. Thank you for that. Um, last week, we also started a new little segment, and we're going to continue it all the way up until Father's Day, and that is, what gifts should I get my father for Father's Day? Hey, what gifts? Do you think is a good idea for your father? I don't know, Hank. Why don't you tell me? Well, I got some great ideas for our pops. Okay. Ah. Oh, Look at my good old pops. Uh, my idea is if you like. Okay, so I couldn't keep going on with that, but the big idea here is that if your dad is into foods and into cooking, um, and he likes things spicy, I recommend getting your father some uh, you know some collections of hot sauces uh oh yeah you're gonna give your dad some hot sauces he'll go from mild daddy to hot daddy real quick uh <laughs> 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 what <laughs> what oh that did not sound good after i said it some of my jokes just fall flat that one didn't Anyways. fall flat that one was just <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, that's a good gift. Yeah, for grilling over the over the summer. Uh, wow, definitely a nice idea there. So, is there a certain brand you're thinking of? Are you definitely including Frank's hot sauce in this hypothetical gift package? Frank's, you have to kind of do it. Okay, agreed. But what I would recommend is actually Truff T R U F F hot sauce. Oh, is this this really fancy one that comes with like a, a special cap yes. and bottle? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, actually I've tried this, this over before. the weekend. Oh, you did? Yeah. And so I was like, wow, 
that's got a kick to it. And uh, it's fantastic. Highly recommend it. You can get it on Amazon.com for seventeen ninety eight. That's it. That's it. I thought that stuff was more expensive. No, but it's it's what it's called. It's called fancy fancy hot sauce, and it gives you a fancy kick in the arse. Oh wow, that's uh, no like literally a pretty... few days later, it's gonna kick, give you a kick in the arse. <laughs> oh, I didn't uh, know you were going down that road again. I think every episode you you try to mention poop. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mention it. You did. What a freaking weirdo. <laughs> Anyways, I also brought a little bit of a gift idea, thinking of the hot, dry summers and how, you know, your dad probably wants to, as he's grilling, just take the dust, clear the dust a little bit out of his his mouth with a nice bottle of Jack Daniels whiskey. Ah, Yes. I'm I'm saying the stuff with the honey in it. Oh my goodness. I recently had some of that. It goes down so smooth. And if you give your dad a nice bottle of that, I mean, you can get him any whiskey really, but this is kind of like, you know, I'm thinking more of like recently turned 21 son trying to impress his dad gift here. Yeah. Um, of course, if you're in your 30s, you're probably going to be wanting to get a little bit higher-end whiskey than Jack Daniels. Not dissing Jack Daniels here, but, you know, maybe get some Woodford Reserve or something. If you're a little bit more, you know, elite in age, maybe have more sophistication. Yeah. But my gift recommendation really, I think, would make any drinking dad happy. Yeah, well, that's why I mentioned the hot sauce, because just in case you don't have a drinking dad, you definitely have a, a dad who likes hot sauce. A, a saucy dad. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know, you'll get, you'll get your dad singing about Jack Daniels, Daniels D like JB did. Oh, baby, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I follow that joke. But I'm baby, baby. Oh, I get it now. Okay, so, um, yeah, that covers our Father's Day gift recommendations. Hopefully, we're helping people more than hurting people. Um, again, you, you're going to want to make sure that your dad actually likes to drink. To drink. <laughs> Last week, we, have an issue, we had an issue because it was not really uh, focusing on the vegan side of things. Uh, this week, we're, we might have an issue because maybe your, your father doesn't like to eat hot sauce or drink beverages so this is after we've kind of done the what i call the pleasantries right and and now i'm very interested to kind of jump into this kind of huge topic that we have going on and it's interesting because we're going to kind of collab on this a little bit we're going to kind of talk a little bit about it as much as we can go into depth about it right i can guarantee you before 1988 nobody had any real feasible way to do the following thing that we're going to talk about yeah, so what you're talking about, if I'm kind of just, you know, smelling what you're putting down, um, is 3D bioprinting. Yes, that's exactly right. And I just want to, like, talk about how exceptionally mind-blowing this technology is. I mean, it's straight out of a sci-fi novel. So what is it? Well, I'm getting there, but it's essentially a way of creating organs for your body. Um, and this would include stuff like kidneys, livers, heart. Yeah, so these organs are, it, let's say you need an organ. Let's say you lost a liver and in order to live, 
you need a liver. And that's not a pun, but I just made it one. So um, I gotcha. can call me the pun master still. But yeah, you need a liver to live. The current situation right now is you could be put on a wait list. There's over 100,000 people right now in the U.S. that need organs and are waiting on organs. So this is something before 1988 or even now they're still doing this donor organ donating system, donating system, and there has to be a better way. And that is where 3D printing has came, is coming in and they're going to save the day. And I want to say that I will be the one this week to talk about colleges and how they're changing. Wow. Holy crap. Yeah. So let's just recap real quick. I, I'm still kind of mind blown. I read some articles this morning about this, about how crazy it is to think that if you need a liver, you no longer have to wait for it. The technology is out there or will be very soon where you can just ask somebody for it, pay them money, and they'll print you one. So this is actually, um, this is pretty incredible. This is kind of what we've been basically uh, been striving for since it sounds like the late 80s. And if I'm understanding correctly, and just to kind of give a little bit more context, a basically 3D bioprinting is basically printing layers of human tissue, layer by layer, to create organs. Right, but there's one important aspect that is different than normal 3D printing. What they end up doing is, like you said, they lay, they print layer by layer with a, a what they call a biocapable uh, compatible resin or plastic. And, and and what they end up doing is every layer they take a break with the plastic going down, and they actually come in and, as I understand it, they coat every layer with human cells, living human cells. Yeah, and. Each layer is what they call a lattice structure. So it let's a honeycomb. So like if you have ever seen those images of a, a bee's nest, that's a lattice structure. Honeycombs, when they're put together, it's a repeating pattern. It has holes in it, and it's a structure that in 3D space is very strong. What they end up doing is they print a lattice structure of the general shape of the organ they're trying to print. And what they end up doing then is coating each layer with the cells. And then they put this finished part. It will look like the organ they're, they're trying to make. But what they end up doing is they put it in an incubation chamber for a certain amount of time. And those cells start to grow into the empty spaces of that lattice structure. And then that part or that organ will now be compatible with whatever human that they used the cells, that they took the cells from. So... All you would have to do eventually is if you needed a new liver, you would give your cells to them. And this is, I think they're using stem cells, actually, adult stem cells. Well, I think it's only able to be done with stem cells. So, I mean, stem cells are essentially, uh, the best way to explain it is that they are basically the promise of, uh, basically, they can derive into different cells in your body. So, uh, you can have a stem cell that can derive into a skin cell or an internal skin cell like uh, your intestine or your stomach. Um, and these, these cells are, are really, really important to essentially to our well-being. A lot of stem cells actually start out within our bone marrow. And those are what the main uh, adult stem cells are. They will go into um, red blood cells, white blood cells, um, and, and basically even in in early life, 
can can be you know made into liver cells. Incredible. So are you are you saying that these are kind of the starter the starter pack to the cell growing process, in a way? Well, well, they're pluripluent, uh, pluri which basically means, and I honestly I missaid that, but um, basically they can be derived into multiple different things. Oh, okay. So essentially, so they are like the starter pack. They they are the starter pack, but they are adult stem cells. Starter packs are actually embryonic stem cells, but we won't get into okay. the details of those. Right, um, right, right. Those are like the okay. main so ones. So adult stem cells will get if you coat a piece of biocompatible plastic with those, as as this bioprinting process does, they will basically start to grow into um, skin or a living organ. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you have to kind of basically. Uh, use certain kind of hormones and activate them. You can't. I mean, you can't just take a single stem cell and say, "Oh, um, speak to it." But like, you're gonna grow into liver now. Yeah, I was like, wondering. It doesn't work that way. How that would work? Because <laughs> if I coat, maybe it knows what the shape looks like, and it's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm sitting on a liver. I must be a liver." <laughs> See, it just doesn't make sense. That's yeah. But uh... it, it it requires genetic reprogramming. So essentially, you have to go into the stem cells and you have to reprogram them, um, essentially to act similar to um, embryonic stem cells, and then you can kind of create this kind of certain kind of cell that you're looking for, whether that be blood cells, liver cells, to actually create a liver. Um, but they're hugely important, especially just in like research in general. Um, and it takes a lot of a uh, lot of smart people to come up with it. Uh, incredible technology that they can layer stem cells layer by layer, and they are spontaneously collecting and creating a liver or heart or really anything. Uh, the fact that we are here in 2021 and able to do that is honestly, yeah, it's, it's magic. It's very magical, and that's why I wanted to bring this up because. The process of 3D printing is only one side of this. I think the field of biology and understanding cell growth is the other side of this. And knowing the education that you have, uh, I thought it would be perfect to discuss this. And that was a very good summary of stem cells. What I would like to kind of give our audience is a little bit of a history. And we did start this conversation talking about a college. Um, and and how the college is playing a huge role in developing this. Well, that college's name is Wake Forest Institute for Regenerative Medicine, and they're actually located in North Carolina. Um, this college actually had the very first 3D printing uh, or for for biocomposites, and that was in 1988. And they. What wow. they did is they used a basic 3D printer, so they built one layer at a time. But this is like a classic story of a DIY project that is going to end up saving millions and millions of lives if it gets to the end of its development cycle. And this guy basically just modified a typical HP inkjet printer so that it would, instead of printing with ink, it would print with cells. And so he would print... <laughs> <laughs> he would print the layer, and then this HB inkjet printer would actually deposit the cells, each each uh, area of the scaffolding, and that's how the very first artificial organ was made. Um, and and this was by a, a doctor called Dr. Anthony Atala, 
at Wake Forest Institute for Regenerative Medicine. The very first way I got to think about this was a news article. Wake Forest, since 1988, is still kicking strong. They actually just won a contract from NASA to do space studies on artificial 3D printed livers in space. <laughs> Incredible. Wow. They, this this uh, this research uh, department within Wake Forest is single-handedly at the forefront of developing bioprinting and organ printing. And I'm not talking about the organs that you play in church. I'm talking about, you know. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much for clarifying. <laughs> yeah, so, so basically, what I wanted to end saying is there is a very real possibility within the next 10 years that 3D printing and biology and the study of cell growth will solve one of the world's most epic problems, and that is the lack of organs for organ donation today. This is huge. Just think about that. A hobby, a very exciting technology that DIY people kind of mess with. The technology that I have right here in my house is also being used in, albeit probably a much more clean area and higher, more expensive 3D printer. Uh, it's being used to practically change people's lives. In fact, soon after it, the 1988 development of the process, they actually put the first kidney into a human being. And because they used the patient's cells, there was no, uh, there was no serious complications. And the patient actually still ha had that kidney in them for 10 years without any issues. And that was the first 3D printed bio kidney. Think about that. 10 years, this person was able to live. With, it, with an implanted kid uh, bladder. I guess it's a bladder, but kind of the same thing. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not the same thing. It's not. But I, I like where your heart's in a good place. Here's the thing. I think that you've landed on a couple amazing points about bioprinting. Uh, the first being that this could replace organ donors, right? So, you know, with there being over 100,000 people on the organ transplant list, um, Having this ability to kind of print a, a organ like a liver or a kidney is incredibly important uh, in the future. Second, I also think it's important that it's going to potentially be safer than organ donating because um, what you get with that is you could prevent cell rejection. Mm. So a lot of times when you put in a organ... Uh, from uh, you know someone who's recently died or dis you know and they say hey I'm gonna donate my liver to someone I'm gonna donate my kidney, the kidney doesn't always take well, and that's because they don't have the same cellular and blood right structure. and that that makes complete sense I mean if if mm -hmm. and I think they do checks though but sometimes those pre checks for compatibility still don't don't work out and the cell actually ends up the bodies and the cells within the body end up rejecting them that. That's a very good point because if you can customize every organ for that specific person, then there will there shouldn't be any yeah. cell rejection, at least in terms of mm -mm. cells interacting with each other. Now, I think the field of what polymer to use or what what material to use for the lattice structure 
that might be something that we have to make sure people don't reject the, the those materials. But at the moment, I would think the biggest issue would be the cells being rejected. Yeah, and I think that you know those are the two main benefits of bioprinting. But I was sitting here and I was thinking, I was like, what other areas could this be like really effective in? And I this is kind of out of nowhere, but I think this could also help with um, animal testing in labs. So, and I, stay stay with me, stay with <laughs> okay. me. Um, because a lot of times, you know, especially make makeup mm -hmm. companies, they have to test their products on like animals to make sure that they're safe for humans. It's right. tragic, and and a lot of these these companies, what they'll do is they won't use animals, or they'll say they won't, but they still do because you know they have mm -hmm. to test it. But if these companies can artificially print skin cells and actually use their makeup on those skins to see if there's any adverse effects. And this goes for pretty much anything that you have to do animal testing right. on. It could actually revolutionize and save a lot of animals. Yeah, that's exciting. That's, uh, that's a whole different field I didn't think of. In fact, when you mentioned animal and, and organ printing, they actually did successfully bioprint a heart for a rabbit, I believe, in Japan. So it's just a fun fact for you. That's crazy. Yeah. That's freaking awesome, man. Um, yeah, don't quote me on where it was, but I did read that a, heart, a rabbit heart was successfully printed recently as well. I think in 2004. I call that recently, but it probably isn't. 2000, 2004 is okay. How old were you in 2004? You were eight, weren't you? I was born in 1993, so I was at least 11. Wow. Yeah, you were you were a little older than I thought. Right. But I was not printing hearts at that time. I still am not printing hearts. No. <laughs> but no. Um, and you're not breaking I, hearts anymore. Oh, because I'm definitely you have a fiance, not breaking so. hearts, um, or at least not intentionally, uh, for, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, so that's good. I think you touched on some really good applications um, in some of the benefits. I also, just a few more that were mentioned in one of these articles I was reading. Um, th this can be used for physician and surgical training. They could probably print different organs mm -hmm. and doctors could do their surgery on fake organs instead of real organs. Um, and then there's this other kind of out of way out in left field technology called organ on a chip. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It's really called organ on the chip. Why? And not the state organ. <laughs> nope, not the state. <laughs> I'm talking about organ on a chip. It's a basically a way uh, of combining 3D printed organs with a microfluidic technology. The, the general concept here, and I, I cannot get into it, I do not understand the biology or the technology, but I can tell you that the basic concept is that these chips would be able to help uh, doctors come up with a 3D model that would imitate the exact kind of nature of how a certain organ responds to different drugs. And it goes right up along the, the thing of lab testing that you were mentioning before. It's just another way of lab testing that might be able to boost and, and, and reduce the amount of animal testing that is done. Ah, that's very cool. Too bad it wasn't like a avocado on a chip. That oh, sounds pretty man. good right now. You're making me hungry. Do Do you think people will ever come around to three D printing organs? Do you generally think that the the people are 
happy about making organs. I know there's probably some skepticism that maybe we're playing God a little bit by making human body parts. And I, I don't know how the world is going to take this, especially I, I think some religious and cultural um, groups will have definite issues with the ethics of bioprinting. Uh, this is another important thing I think we need yeah. to touch on. Yeah, we just kind of went from happy, oh, this can be used for all this, to is what they're developing right? Is it correct? And that's a question I can't really answer. I can only put out the concerns because I know my stance on it is let's do it as long as it's not an actual human being with, with uh, I, I don't know, with actual functioning thoughts. I don't see an issue with it, you know. Well, I, I have a question, though. Okay. So, and this is a question that a lot of philosophers might ask you is let's say we have a boat, right? And it's been in service for 50 years. And come 50 years, it looks like it's in total disarray and it needs to be repaired, right? And so the owner of the boat um, strips the outsides of it um, and puts new parts in it, uh, completely remodels it, and, and even kind of adjusts the structure of the boat. So it it's kind of looks a little different. But it's still, on the outside, maybe looks the same. Is it still the same boat? Well, I would say the boat. Yeah, this is a question that I need some whiskey for. I don't know if I can answer this. This is like, we're going to, that's it. I get where you're going with it for sure. You know, it gets down to the point. If if I keep putting different parts in right. my body that are printed right. that weren't initially mm-hmm. mine, am I the same person? Am I still human? I, I think the answer in my mind is, yeah, you're still the same person as long as you don't change your I guess your knowledge or your brain out. If you don't switch your brain out, because that's the that's where your intelligence, your human thoughts come from, is your brain, right? So as long as you still have the same brain, then you can probably switch all your organs out for all I care, and it's still pretty ethical. But yeah, that's my stance on it. I know, and I respect other people's stances on this because it is it's a fine line to draw in, in the sand and say, hey we're now able to print an entire human body. Um, And then the next question is, well, Mm -hmm. where are we getting the consciousness from? Are we going to now create consciousness? Or are we going to start transferring consciousness from from each other? It's just a weird question, you know? It's that that Elon Musk neural. Yeah, see, he's he's (laughs) developing the other aspect of it. Over here, we got companies, Wake Forest University and in big companies developing the mechanics of it <laughs> and Elon Musk is developing the mechanics but it's more technological and computer based and conscious based so that's crazy to think about man that's some crazy stuff that we just got into but i i challenge the audience and our listeners to think about what your thoughts are on 3d printing organs and maybe let us know give us give us your thoughts on it um, like I said, I respect everybody's view. I think there isn't a right answer in this case, but it could be an interesting discussion to have. I think that the importance is, like you said, to respect everyone's opinion and, and kind of line of thinking on this. I'm kind of with you on this. I think it's exciting. I think that, you know what, as long as you don't 
change the soul and the consciousness of someone, it, you're mm -hmm. still the same person. Uh, you're still living and you're still, you know, hopefully doing good things in the world and following your dreams. So I'm I'm totally okay with it. I get where it's going to put us in the future. And what's crazy for you and I is that, you know, we're going to see some of this stuff like legit happen, yeah. you know, Absolutely. and and that is so incredible. You know, it's kind of like, you know, our parents on the forefront of all the technology that we mm -hmm. have now. Um, and, you know, they were sitting there like, wow, look at this, you know, cell phone the size of my arm. It will never be the size of my hand one day. And lo and behold, I mean, that is that is a smart that is a smartphone. So it's oh, getting a phone call. Honey, give me the car phone. And it's still on a cord and it gets wrapped around the shifter knob and then it gets put in a reverse and they're going backwards down the expressway. They're trying to answer the phone call and they end up crashing because of the phone, damn phone in the car. And you know what? That's still a f***ing yeah. issue today. <laughs> <laughs> put your phone down and stop looking at it. Why don't you? Uh, <laughs> that's really, really funny. Uh, great, great way to kind of boost up the mood and add some comedy to the situation because we're about ready to switch topics. Just like we're switching lanes, trying to find that car phone. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, so the next topic here is one that I think everybody looks forward to. I hope so. Printing segment? Is that your printing segment? <laughs> Please tell me, sir, is it your printing segment? It is my printing segment. And this week I started a new project and I will give the overview of what the project is, and I'll give you an update of where I'm at. I'll also post a picture of the current update. So this week, just so the audience knows and everybody knows, I have started running again, more so than I have in throughout this year. I want to get back into my running shape, my running physique. So wh what happened, and I think, you know, a lot of times as humans, we like to give excuses for different things. And my excuse for not running as much is the fact that my armband that held my phone broke. And I can literally think back in my brain and think, okay, the last time I ran consistently was when I had an armband that held my phone so I don't have to hold it in my hand while I'm running. But it, mine broke. Mm. And I'm sitting here thinking one day in my office last week, and I said, what the hell am I doing? I have a 3D printer. I can make my own armband. <laughs> wow, yay, clap, 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 clap. I love the audience interaction. So what I ended up doing is I actually started messing around with magnets on the back of my phone. And okay. I know some people say, you know, magnets will affect your phone, maybe wipe the hard drive, but I don't care. So, <laughs> so I took these magnets I got from Harbor Freight and I started setting them on my phone. And I found out that there was a certain triangular pattern where the magnets all stuck to the phone. That's it right okay. there. You see that this uh, phone case I'm holding up? You see those three magnets? In yep. It? Okay, they sure so do. Now watch this. This is a con proof of concept that I made. Watch this. You take the phone and bam, it actually gets magnetized into there. Okay. Not bad. I found out that there was a pattern where all these magnets stuck to the phone, and then I drew on a piece of paper uh, where those were, and I transferred that drawing into my computer. And I use my favorite thing of all time, CAD, which if you have a 3D printer, you should ha know how to use CAD. And if you don't know how to use CAD, reach out to me. I can get you started. But I drew up this 
initial phone case. And that's what I have so far. Okay. And this phone case here actually currently has three magnets in it and it has the ability to hold my phone. This is just a prototype. What I'm going to plan to do here is I will print another version of this with some loops on the bottom so that an elastic oh, okay. band yeah. can slip through it. And oh, okay. as much as I want to think these magnets work, they don't. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. No. Here's no. what happens. They don't. It falls right out. <laughs> so the magnets were a great idea and I'm going to keep them in the final version, but I'm also going to need a little bit of a cap, a ring around this phone here that will actually hold the phone in as well. So, and may I offer a suggestion? Absolutely, please do. There's two things that I think you can do. Now, I think these are revolutionary ideas for you. First, is that you could purchase another running band. And second, since you have an iPhone, you could also get what I have, and that's an Apple Watch, and then you wouldn't even need your phone. Okay, so I love your ideas, but unless you're willing to give both of those items to me for free, I can print this for less money in my free time. And that's what I enjoy doing. And I have this certain pride that goes along with putting an armband on. I can just see it today every time I'm strapping up to go for a long run. I can see it today. I can see it today. I put this armband on and I get a boost of energy because I'm like, I'm the man. I 3D printed this, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you're in the last leg, your last mile, and you look down. Oh, yeah. And you kind of, your eyes start to kind of water up and tears. Exactly. Your, you see your running band. You're like, I can I'm do this. I'm jamming out to Green I Day. Run. Green Day's blasting in my headphones. Green Day. Love I Green mean, Day. I mean, 121 Guns is hitting, hitting me hard. And I'm looking down at my armband. And I'm saying, you f***ing made this 3D printing an armband. You can finish this 5K. That's why. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that's the use case, man. And that's 3D printing is functional. Why would I want to go buy something when I can make it myself? But I'm not minimalizing the Apple Watch. And if I had an Apple Watch, I would not complain. But the fact that they're pretty expensive kind of makes it more economical and reasonable for me to go the route of making my own. I totally agree. Apple Watches really aren't that expensive, though, but I totally agree. Oh, okay. Um, How much are they? Okay. They're, they range from 200 to $400. Oh, okay. So they are expensive. They're exactly what I said <laughs> they were. All right. Man. Okay, so what my takeaway is you're making a armband so you can go running because – Without it, you feel lost. Exactly. And I really need to start running again. I'm becoming a little bit of an unhealthy person, and I want to get my physique back. I want to, you know, continue to be healthy and happy. Sound like uh, Jocko Williams or whatever that guy's name. Since we mentioned his name, this guy is a great motivational speaker. He has a great podcast. I read his book. Dad actually gave us his books uh, as a Christmas yep. gift one year. Discipline equals freedom. And That's I read his called. books. Yeah, that's exactly right. So we don't typically get into the whole motivational game on our podcast, but today, if you want to be motivated, pick up this guy's book, watch some of his videos. He will uh, he'll get you out of bed in the morning, let's just say that. I mean, to be honest, he's the one that uh, made me start making my bed, uh, you know? Yeah, dude. <laughs> you know what? The biggest oh, nice. thing he says, you know, make your bed in the morning. 
because at least you'll finish one thing. Oh, right. It gives you a yeah. sense of accomplishment to start conquering your day. I read that same <laughs> I read that same thing in that book, <laughs> by the way. I still don't I still don't make well, my bet, okay. just so everybody well, knows. Yeah. <laughs> that horrible. explains why you're getting motivation from an armband. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that. That was such a good singer, man. You got me. You got me good. Wow. That's hey, and folks, that's the show today. I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to finish up with one thing. I think I have a little time left to mention it, but that's the show, okay? I got to mention this because this is pretty funny. How long do you think, like, what do you think is the world record for the amount of time it took for someone to return a book to a library? Um, 98 years. 98 years is a bit high. It's actually 52 years, and this happened... Wow. Here in Indiana. so uh, Oh, good old Indiana. Good old Indiana. People are <laughs> a day late and a dollar short. <laughs> <laughs> or in this case, they're 57 days late and $57 short probably. <laughs> probably something like that. The Kokomo Public Library said that someone returned their book 52 years overdue. It was Little Men by Louise May Alcott. And it arrived along with our letter that said she checked it out when she was 11 years old. And now she's like 70-something and she wanted to return it. That doesn't make any mathematical sense. Nope. 52 plus 11. Nope. 63. 63. Yep. My math is kind of bad. <laughs> you know what? You probably wouldn't know, listeners, that I took Calculus 3 and passed. Whoa. <laughs> Holy moly. You must have used the good old Google on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a zinger. <laughs> oh, anyways, thanks for listening. I think there's one last thing to do. Let's bring in the band. Hey, band. Hey, what's up? Where you at? Hey, hey, band. Hey, hey how you doing? I'm here today to play some freaking uh, some music for the podcast. Uh, I'm here today to play the... Okay, get over it. Cue the brain teaser music on one... Two, three. Okay, today's brain teaser is quite actually a riddle, and here it goes. Always old, sometimes new, never sad, sometimes blue, never empty, sometimes full, never pushing, always pulling. What am I? Hey, can you tell me what you are? Because I'm, I'm very curious. What's the answer? I, uh, <laughs> sorry, man. You're going to have to wait till next week or do a lot of thinking and meditation on it and try to answer it. But just so those of you who did not catch it, it is always old, sometimes new, never sad, and sometimes blue, never empty, sometimes full, beep, boop, beep, boop. never pushing, always pulling. What am I? I mean, yeah, that will probably get cut. Yep, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's like an instant cut. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a great conversation. Again, we will post some show notes on our Facebook page because we are not professionals when it comes to some of these topics. We just like to work through them a little bit, one piece at a time. And hopefully, you guys learned a little something. If not, you can certainly go on our Facebook page and write that. I did not learn anything today, and we will not care. <laughs>
no, we really won't care. We want to hear your feedback. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Wait, where do they go for the answer if they want a free keychain? Oh, thank you so much. And if you guys want a free keychain and you're the first to answer the build plate uh, brain teaser, you know where you can go? You can actually email us, your guest, at thebillplatepodcast at gmail.com. Oh, that's exactly the last thing we needed for this podcast. Sorry for interrupting you. I totally forgot. We didn't tell our audience that. No, that's okay. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening for the 15th time. Goodbye. This podcast has been produced and edited by Asher and Rainer Brown. Boop, <laughs> boop,